Hey there DC fans, this is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find you got books collectibles uh pop-up greeting cards they have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35 percent off site-wide by using the code dc news 35 that's dc n-e-w-s 35 dc news 35 use that code and receive 35 percent off site-wide at insighteditions.com My favorite part about right now is the amazing theme music that's playing along with my voice as I get to say to you hello and welcome to the DC Comics News podcast. It's our weekly podcast. This is episode number 112. And I'm your host, Seth Singleton. We break down movie, television, streaming, comic book, and even sometimes a little bit of other news. And thankfully for both you and me, I'm not the only one here. I'm joined by the amazing Mr. Brad Felicki. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm hanging in. How are you guys doing? All right, all right. And for a special guest appearance, DCN Editor-in-Chief, Mr. Josh Rayner. Hey there, everybody. It's good to be back. <laughs> yeah, it is. And man, did he show up on a banner day. I mean, look, lately, it's like, well, my favorite Simpsons moment. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Well, everything's coming up DC Comics in all the best ways. Leading off our movie news is an opportunity to talk about the fact that with Suicide Squad, I mean, who doesn't like more trailer? It's like more cowbell, except so, so much better. Uh, we have the Green Band trailer that was just released, and now it's time for some reaction from my amazing co-host. Brad, what was your thoughts on this, my friend? Uh, I, I am so dig in what i'm seeing uh, i like the extra footage of peacemaker and uh we got a little more footage of mongol which was nice we didn't really get any of that in the first trailer um so yeah and and i i said it last week i'm gonna say it again i am so glad i was right about starro like i still say that starro makes a perfect villain for a suicide squad movie and a perfect villain for james gunn to use so yeah i i am i am all in uh for this one uh josh what did you think yeah i really enjoyed this one uh now i i did i have to say i did enjoy the red band trailer more however uh you know this was very different it had a different tone it had a lot of different footage and it had stuff in it that i felt was missing from that first trailer like you mentioned mongol in that in that first red band trailer we literally get a, a far away shot from her and that's it but we actually get, we get a close-up shot we get a little an action shot with her in the helicopter so i thought that was really good and we finally get some confirmation about nathan fillion's tdk he is arm fall off boy i mean no one's gonna tell me anything different that shot of him with his arms literally <laughs> detached from himself yeah, yeah. 
He is the detachable kid. That's what he is. TDK. So uh, I, I really, I really like this one. I can't wait for this movie. I'm so excited. What about you, Seth? So much more excitement for it simply because, I mean, every little bit of new footage informs us so much more. I, I love what you brought up about the idea of getting a chance to see Mongol uh, close up. Um, also in the action scene, I also love that the added scenes, I mean, and this is probably my biggest takeaway, like <laughs> from the other trailer to this trailer. We get more from Peacemaker, and he's the exact same jerk, <laughs> like the exact same crazy guy you're <laughs> yeah. going to be in the same gang with. Yet, you know, you're stuck with him. And I, I love that we get these, like, sort of very uh, key expressions from him. This, like, this is my point of view, and this is how I see about things. And in both of them, it's completely different, and yet, at the same time, it's it's so thematically, like, this is Peacemaker. There's no question about it, whether it's about what he would do on an island made of certain things in order to, <laughs> you know, seek peace and justice or how many people he'd be willing to kill in order to achieve peace. Both of which just seem like highly contradictory things to consider. But <laughs> along with it, Brad, yes, Starro. Yeah. And I, did I cut someone it, off there who would the chime in? Oh, no, I was just going to say that I, I'm beginning to get a sense of kind of where the characters are in the story and who lasts a little bit longer. And I got to say, I did not expect Ratcatcher 2 to seem like such the major yeah. character that she seems like she's turning out to be, which I think is, which I'm very intrigued by. I think that's, that's going to be kind of cool. I think that's a great point too. I think that's uh, <laughs> something to keep in mind, you know, as far as how everyone else, I also dig the fact that the more I see a peacemaker, the more I can kind of wonder about the spinoff that we know is going to be coming out eventually too. So uh, yeah. I'm sort of with everything I've seen in the trailers, it's made me more excited for that series. Just yeah. seeing the way he's portraying this character. And, and like, I want to see that character do stuff. You know, he's just hilarious. The, the, my favorite part of that red band trailer was that beach scene. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I, I, I am excited for that too. I think the only thing I'm left for now is if there is another trailer. I mean, at this point, why not get a hint of the? Uh, I believe it's the guard warden who's supposed to be a carryover from Suicide Squad to that spinoff. And I'd love to get it just a taste of like why he's going to be in any way important to continuing on. I don't know what it could be if it's possible to do in a trailer. But now I'm like, well, if you're going to give me another one trailer, yeah, maybe I'm just going to, you know. Toss that out there. Hey, James. Hi. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Love your work. Love the trailers. Happy to be talking about them. Happy to still be talking about something that I just started rewatching the, uh, you know, Justice is Gray version uh, the other night while I was doing some work. And I can't wait to pick it back up. We've got more to talk about when it comes to Zack Snyder's Justice League and the fact that it is received an extended nightmare seat. Now, if this is something you still haven't had a chance to see, no judgments, but you might want to like 15 second blip along for a couple of this, you know, segment. Otherwise, we're going to talk as much about the scene without trying to give too much away. And it's a tiptoe. It's a it's a uh, high wire act. We'll see how well we uh, pull it off. Brad. What were your thoughts about the extended scene compared to the original and such? Very simply, restore the Snyderverse. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really don't, you know, I really don't know what Warner Brothers is doing by not at least entertaining this at this point. But um, I, it, yeah, this this extended cut, just like the original, that nothing in in the Snyder cut made me more eager for more. 
than that nightmare scene. And uh, I, 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 I want to see, I want to see more from Jared Leto's Joker. I, I want to see the dynamics in that group that, you know, going forward, I want to see what happened. I mean, there's just, there's just so much there. It's like, I, I, it, this can't be, can't be the end. So, ah, oh, come on, come on, Warner Brothers, get your act together. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I, I'm not. I'm somebody who actually didn't have a problem with Jared Leto's Joker in Suicide Squad, but what he did in these nightmare scenes ha- has made me love it even more. Like it, it completely trumped anything that he did for me in in Suicide Squad, and I want to see more of that specific version of the character. And yeah, I agree with you, Brad. Th- this scene has made me want to see more of this universe, more than anything else that was done in that movie. It It's fantastic. I want to see how it gets there, where it goes from there, what what they're about to do. I want to see it all. And uh, some of the throwouts that they do in this extended scene, uh, talking about Harley Quinn and the whole... Uh, uh, who do you think uh, cries? Who do you think screamed more, uh, the the girl or the boy? Uh, that's that line just that that did it for me. It was fantastic. What about you, Seth? How do you not want more? Like, <laughs> I mean, I really think if there's one thing that would uh, cement the the challenge that that exists for Batman would be to tell the story of Jason Todd. You know, a story of it doesn't go right. Things don't go well at all. There's a lot of hardship and a lot of lessons to be learned. And if this scene doesn't make you anticipate, desire, whet the appetite, uh, create an insatiable hunger for, that's okay for those of us who is, you know, I mean, we're also thinking about the fact, I am, that this is the same WB that was like, hey, there is no Snyder Cut. Shut up. Go away. (laughs) Like So, you know, sometimes these guys need a little bit of nudging. Sometimes you just need to be persistent. And what's the worst thing about that? Well, I mean, you just got to work at it a little bit longer. So I, yeah. I think with time, there's just going to be right a matter of, of them figuring out, hey, we get it. When it comes to certain things, it's always going to be about the buck. Everything is an industry. Everything is about making money. But somewhere someone is drawing up the graph that says, hey, guys, this is the X amount you could make for doing this much. That's all you have to do is this much. And look at how many other projects we've done even more and they failed. We know we've got a built-in audience. Like, why not take advantage of it? The scene itself I thought was great. I love that it, you know, gives those great teasers. What if we could potentially see a storyline in which we lose both characters in one plot? I don't know. Um, But I, I love that it alludes to so much more. Just as much as I love our next story, which suggests... Oh, so much of what we could have seen if there had actually been a little bit more green lantern, that is, in the Snyder Cut Justice League. DC Warner Brothers, uh, you know, head guys said, hey, we've got stuff happening. We've got reasons why. Don't do it. Don't do it. And uh, it sounds like Snyder was still pushing the envelope, you know, and, and fighting for this. We get concept art now to suggest what that could have been like. And it, there's some things that just make me like, man, don't you ever wish for the might have been that could have happened? Brad, thoughts on that one, man? Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of can go both ways with this uh, because I would have it would have been so cool to see John Stewart show up at the end, but it, because they didn't let him use it, I know that they have 
plans for the character coming down the pike and you know the tv series and and everything that's coming i think we're going to get a lot of cool john stewart and green lantern uh content over the next few years so that that makes it a little easier to swallow but yeah it, it definitely would have been cool in the design you know I, I dig the the costume design and everything but um uh you know at the end of the day i, I do think we're going to get a lot of green lantern soon so uh you know just just be patient that's what i that's what i would tell people and we we got the, a cool little uh martian manhunter uh cameo so uh wasn't all bad so keep your eye out for some more green lantern uh, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I I loved the the Martian Manhunter cameo, but I would have I would have been freaking screaming over a, a Green Lantern. Green Lantern is my favorite, and uh, I would have absolutely loved that. I love the the concept art that they that they showed. I think it looks great. Uh, I think the costume looks fantastic. Um, I I would have loved to have seen what it actually looked like on screen. Uh, they also had some concept art for uh, Granny Goodness, who we get. We see her, but not we don't really get like a detailed look at her in in the film. Uh, I really like the concept art that they did uh, for her as well. Um, now I don't remember because they have both the movie and the show in production. I don't remember. I know one of them, John Stewart is supposed to be part of it. I can't. I don't know if you, either of you remember. Which one is I, which? I can't, I can't keep them straight. To be totally honest with you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the TV show. But okay. I, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not 100% positive, but I do think I, I think it's the TV show. It would make sense if that's the reason um, that WB said no to it, because Snyder had said that when he did that, they were like, "No, you you can't put that in there." Um, so it, if that, you know, I, that's probably the reason is that they are already planning to use him in the show, and it's probably not connect. You know, they probably didn't want it connected or something. I don't know. But uh, I kind of, because he said he filmed it, so I kind of hope that he just <laughs> drops it like he's done all kinds of other stuff over the last four years. Because uh, I'd really like to see what that looked like. Uh, oh, there's you? always that Blu-ray box that I've been oh, yeah. wanting for the past <laughs> three oh, weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, love it. Don't don't give up hope, man. Yeah, I mean, if he went ahead and shot the scene in his backyard, and then as the story says, put it in the movie, and they were like, you got to drop it. And he was like, well, I'm going to fight for it. And then they give him a reason. He eventually doesn't want to ruin the movie for fans just over one character. And, you know, feeling like, okay, well, I get a consolation with the fact I still get to have Martian Manhunter, even though it should have been both. Uh, <sighs> Blu-ray, right? And, I mean... Josh, as you said, like the guy's been a renegade when it comes to social media. Like he's right. kind of like we need the 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 five and a half hour extended Zack Snyder. <laughs> Release the extended. I will Snyder watch cut. every single minute of it. Just saying. Oh, it's so easy, right? It's just so easy. I mean, after watching, you know, his his cut, it's so gorgeous. I I put it back on and I was just like, crap. I'm going to have to stop this soon because I can't focus on the project that this was supposed to be a background for. Got to find something else. I'm not going to be because it's just too visually stunning. Like it's just still too captivating. (laughs) It's good stuff, man. Um, Oh, and also I love the fact that you brought up that along with this story, we had some images, not only of green lantern, uh, a nice, uh, you know, conceptual art for granny goodness, for Martian Manhunter, and then even for uh, the Joker, which I got a kick out of because there's this part of me that still feels like, 
the Joker that we see in the nightmares is part of this evolution. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to be I reminded mean, of the one too. from the concept art looks yeah. like the Suicide Squad one yeah. that was cut. The, like, I feel like I've seen footage of that that got cut out from David Ayer's original version after gotcha. he got blown up in the helicopter. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure that's concept art that, that mimics that. So I'm wondering if he was originally going to use that version of the character in the movie. I'm not sure. I I do know that it, it if there was one thing that stuck in my head earlier when you were mentioning that you really liked, you know, the the Leto portrayal in yeah. uh, Suicide Squad, I was reminded of something. I haven't loved every version of Joker that's appeared in comics. Sometimes I just don't like the way he's portrayed. It just yeah. happens. I don't know what to tell you. Like it's 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 happened. And if you're out there saying every version of Joker is one you've adored, I, I'm upsetting you and I'm okay with that. But <laughs> not everything's yeah. for everyone. And I'm not saying that the Suicide Squad one's my favorite by any stretch. It's not. But I enjoy I didn't hate it the way as so many people seem to. Yeah, it, it, if there was one thing, I felt like it was like a version of the character when he was still kind of like, you know, in a phase. And I feel like yeah. he's had so many facets to his personality that this was just kind of his, you know, wild gangster. I run a, you know, I run a booth in a strip club <laughs> or a dance yeah. club or, you know what I mean? Like, this is just a facet, man. Every once in a while, the shock treatment triggers another part of the brain. And you get a nervous version of crazy. Like, welcome. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that we we can all agree that on the base level that Jared Leto is talented enough as an actor that he could pull off those different faces. So even if it was kind of this evolution that they wanted to show, I think that he could handle that. So I think that would be, that would make his performance even that much more interesting, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I felt like that's what nightmares offered a hint at, you know what I mean? This yeah. nightmare scene that we see at the end sort of shows like, hey, this is someone who's very aware of the fact that this is a character who does not open his mouth and say the same thing the same way every time. And it's yeah. it's just a matter of, you know, what's going on inside of a kind of a tornado brain. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, a good, like, good way to put it. <laughs> uh, so with all of that you know there's there's some great stuff to kind of hope for and want for but our next story also reminds us again this is an industry there's about what's working and what isn't and there's powers that be and they have a lot of things to you know suggest and one of those things is the fact that it looks like for the moment new gods and trench are canceled although maybe their futures aren't completely over brad what do you think about this one uh, bums me out uh, so much. Um, let's see. This is why I don't get my hopes up when things are this early into production. Yeah. I just because I I'm just afraid. I mean, it, to me, Trench always seemed like a bit of a long shot. Uh, yeah. You know, when we first started talking about it, New Gods seemed still a little iffy because these characters aren't well known. You know, so I I thought that you know that that could definitely fall apart even if it had. Uh, Anna DuVernay um, associated with it, I, you know, I just don't know, you know, if Warner would be willing to give it the budget that it needs, um, but I was hopeful, so, you know, and Josh, you were saying how you got, we got a little bit uh, of a look at Granny Goodness, but not really uh, a very detailed, long look, whatever, and I was like, well, that's such a good thing, because now we have this new guys movie coming then they can do whatever they want yeah cast whoever they want and uh, man the rug was pulled out from under me um i it would just be great 
to, if you know down the road they can can revisit both of these projects but man yeah that 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 one hurts uh josh what do you think yeah i was really excited for new gods it was it seemed like something very different and with both ava duvernay and tom king doing this thing i was like really pumped about it and so when the news came down that it was not happening i was like really bummed out about it i it it was probably one of the the film cancellations that hurt the most in recent years the trench on the other hand i didn't really care like it sounded like a cool idea i love horror but it just it never seemed i was i always was like why is are they even making this i never really understood the point i think honestly the trench would work better as like an animated one of the dc animated films like you could do i feel like you could do a lot more with it it wouldn't have to be a giant budget wouldn't have to be two two and a half hours long a nice tight 70 minutes get in there do something cool with it i don't know i I think that would actually work a lot better for something like that um but the new gods one that yeah that stings and uh especially after seeing granny goodness in in dark side and all that and the legions of apocalypse getting a taste of that of that universe and then not being able to dive deeper into it i'm just like ah that's like i don't know what wb is thinking but i hope that they you know change their mind at some point and and, and go back to that because i think uh i think it would be a, a good idea and i don't know i think it would come out awesome especially with the two of them working on it so uh what about you seth man this one hurt this one hurt bad <laughs> like yeah it, it feels like we're, we're at a place now where you can dream enough with the technology right like you can you can sort of hope enough that with the technology we have that you can render a really uh a really powerful and i think something that could last for a while a portrayal of not only uh, apocalypse which I think you can get away with a lot because mostly you're just dealing with the fire pits and rendering those correctly. And, and the surface yeah. is kind of fairly basic. I mean, you know, some of the 10 years ago, guys. they did Oa and it looked fantastic. Right. That was the only really the only good part of that Green Lantern movie was the stuff <laughs> on Oa. If they can make stuff like that look great, they just imagine what they could have done. Just imagine. Oh, oh well, after Swamp Thing, you know what I mean? After seeing what they were doing with Swamp Thing on a TV show, like, I mean, that 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 blew me away, the quality of that. It, it Between those two and, and now what we saw with this portrayal, this sort of like really lovely, tender morsel of <laughs> of dark side of, you know, as you said, the legions. Um, I don't know what to tell you, you know, when, when they make this decision. I can hope that maybe it's a strategic decision, that maybe in order to pull off a project of this scale, they would need an audience for them that balances what they would normally try and see from a blockbuster in the theaters. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like they're Yeah, I mean, maybe in a couple of years, they'll put it back on the slate when everything, when theaters are rolling again and things are normal again, but... I also, know. I feel like maybe they're trying to build some momentum for Devone with, uh, you know, DMZ and Naomi. Like maybe yeah, those maybe. just seem like the more realistic projects at this time, which I'm glad those are still currently going on. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm hopeful. But I, I was sort of, uh, you know, caught off guard with this the other day. I saw someone posted a, a tweet that said, leave Ava alone. 
And Tom King retweeted it was like, good advice, you know, class act kind of thing. And I think it's yeah. the guy who portrayed Uxus. Um, but uh, it, it was it was like this clue for me, like, well, why would somebody be why What's what happened? And now I, you know, came across this story when when it was on the list and it was like, ah, OK. So people are trying to figure out why. And, you know, yeah, leave them alone. I mean, the one thing I always have to keep in mind, too, is if you're working in a, you know, a professional project on that scale, you probably signed an NDA. Which means afterwards, you're legally bound to what you can and can't say about it, fans love or yeah. not. You know what I mean? And on top of it, you don't want to blow the chance now that could lead to you working on the project later. Like, it, it, it's a it's a difficult thing to stay in the good graces of those who, you know, hold the purse strings. So I keep that yeah. in mind a lot, too. I'm just disappointed because, yeah, I think also you pointed out something great, guys, which was how are you going to pull off Trench? Like, it, the only way it worked for me is if you somehow had – a couple of side supporting characters on a ship or in an area that's under threat by the trench. And then you can pull in the main characters as like a rescue thing, but you know, scale it in some way so that it's a horror feel, but you've also got a couple of uh, heroic figures stepping in at some point to lend the hand at the final moment. Like you're waiting for them to get there and the regular folk got to hold them off. I, I don't know. Maybe you even get a chance to have an Aqualad manifest. I, you know what I mean? But looking for how you were going to connect that, it, it was going to take some work. And yeah, I would have been down for a horror project. In fact, I, I'm still hopeful that they'll tap into the Hill House line that, that we saw just sort of blow everybody away. That would away. be awesome. Right? Like, oh my God, around, that would be man. so cool. Come on, Walking Dead? Got nothing. Got no... Um, <laughs> I'm gonna start a fight. Someone somewhere is gonna be like, "Dude, you're going down." Uh, I mean, they've done they've done so many like DC graphic novels that aren't like superhero stuff that people don't even know are DC based, like Road to Perdition and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh. was it History of Violence? But it's like, <laughs> I think the Hill House lines would be fantastic to have done. I just that would be awesome. I think that's a great a great idea. Somebody out in right. the universe, make this happen. <laughs> you almost seem like that's that's almost like a foregone conclusion that it's at least being shopped around, because uh, it, it seems like so many graphic novels are are source material these days. Yeah, it's like that, and it seems in you know a lot of image books to me feel like this is written as an idea to be like a basis for a movie that we can sell kind of thing yeah. some of the times and i and i think that a lot of those hill house books were like that too and with the name like joe hill associated i mean that's that's instant name recognition so yeah i, I, t- totally I, I don't understand that. how a streaming service hasn't gone to image and but like yo i want all your ip just yep. let us have it. we'll pay you <laughs> yeah. like yeah. there's so much good stuff at image like come on really i mean you know just look at the stuff that recently the brubaker stuff with reckless and pulp I mean, uh, you, you've got a built-in audience right now that loves the Westerns. You could totally give it a spaghetti feel. Like, you could do a lot of fun things with, yeah, with almost everything that Image is doing. And yeah. <laughs> you look at who the creators are behind the projects. Like, these, these are not, you know, mild yeah. storytellers. These are people who really know how to knock it down for you. Plus, in a book, it's already storyboarded for you. Like, mm-hmm. really? What more do you need? Do you want us to, like, spoon feed <laughs> <laughs> now uh you know one thing i gotta love is you're both talking about the graphic novels and, and how that's such perfect source material for any project that any studio would wisely want to acquire the rights to and then develop 
and that sets up so perfectly. It's almost like you guys knew this. Uh, <laughs> we're going into our next story about how Batman The Long Halloween has done its voice casting. Ah, voice casting. Why is that important? Well, I've got two amazing gentlemen here to help break that down. Why voice casting, gentlemen? What could be the reason behind only voices? Brad, off to you, my friend. Yeah, uh, I. there are some pretty big names here. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to uh, to see how they do. You know, we've got uh, Jensen Ackles as Batman and... Um, story we'll talk about here in a second but the tragic story of uh naya rivera uh, she's she's still able to she had finished her catwoman so that was that was great that 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 will have her be uh catwoman uh josh uh dumo am i pronouncing that right i mean yeah this is josh the, troy baker yeah uh troy baker of course legend so yeah i mean this is this is going to be a uh fun animated movie i think um in my mind in in comics there's when you're talking superheroes there's nothing quite like a well-told batman story and long halloween was one of the best told batman stories so the fact that we're going to get to see it as an animated film sign me up so yeah i'm I'm, I'm psyched josh what do you think i think one of my favorite parts about it be going to animation is that it's two films because they're doing it just like they did with the dark knight uh, returns it's it's going to be two parts uh, and you know this is just for for part one right now so i love that um that means that they really want to take their time and tell the story it seems like they you know are going to tell it right hopefully and uh yeah i love that jensen ackles graduating from being red hood over to batman finally and i, I love that i think that's great um one of my favorite little side castings, though, that they announced was David Dustmalchian, who yeah. we, you know, we just saw him in the Suicide Squad trailer as Polka Dot Man, and in this, he's voicing Calendar Man, <laughs> which I think is fantastic. I love that guy. He's he, he's in all kind. He's he was in Gotham. He does all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I I think that guy is fantastic. So I'm really excited for for this, and I love what they're doing with the animation lately. Uh, you know, breaking films up into multiple parts and uh, and just really diving into the story. Um, I, Tim Sheridan, who did the script, he's he's fantastic. He's done so many good ones. Uh, him and, and Jim Krieg, they team they've teamed up on a few different projects. Uh, most recently, that uh, Superman Man of Tomorrow, which I really enjoyed. So uh, I'm pretty pumped for this. And uh, yeah, I, I think the casting is great. What about you, Seth? I think the casting's amazing. Um, I, I love that you point out we've got a sidekick becoming a, a main, <laughs> a <Yeah>. main hero. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> uh, and I think either I did not know originally or had forgotten that this is going to be uh, cut into two parts. So it's going to be two separate um, projects. And I, I wasn't aware of that. And if I was, I forgot because that's just how it goes when you cover as much news as we do. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I do love watching uh, both chapters of Dark Knight Returns. I think it's a really nice way to break up the story. Um, and I love what you both point out, which is the idea that you get to have so much more of the story when you give each part uh, yeah. as much time as you do, you know, because so often one of the things we have to deal with is when they chop up the book in order to make it fit the time frame of the movie in order for it to work and things have to get left out sometimes 
editorial choices are made where suddenly two bad people who should not be doing dirty bad things are and and a lot of us are really troubled by that (laughs) i mean look at what happened with so we had superman doomsday the very first one that they ever did compared to the death and return of superman that the two-parter that they did there it's it's night and day with it so i think taking these bigger stories these more iconic stories and breaking them in two i think it's a way better way to go plus in part one we're getting the commandy short as well Ooh, that's right that's right yeah i've been wanting i mean i i've been loving what they've been doing with them ever since they did that 12 issue limited series with them where they would i think i talked about this on another episode do you guys did you guys read that one where they pass the story from each creative team to the next creative team it's a really fun one if you get a chance to find it it's on the dc infinite um but it was like each story ended with a cliffhanger where basically he's gonna die and then the next creative team has to pick up that story and tell a brand new story totally different writers totally different artists yeah and it was in celebration of like uh, one of the anniversaries for jack kirby and so they were taking commandi and they'd stretched him into this 12 ish yeah um highly recommend It, it's oh, so is that the Commandi Challenge? Is that what yes, Commandi yeah. Challenge. Oh, okay. Yes. I remember when that yeah, came out. Yeah. I didn't get around to reading yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I, I highly recommend It's so much fun just to see, like, you, you put him in a situation. He's I love it when he's like, I'm really dead this time. <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, well, it's up to the next creative team to figure out what to do. Um, and it, it's really cool. So thanks, man. That's a good reminder. I'm going to love looking for that short, too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, love- I love the shorts in these. Yeah, uh, there's so good many job. good ones. Like with um, what was it the uh, death in the family? They did that. They put that death short. Or they did. They did all the shorts in that one. But I hadn't right. seen the death short. I don't remember which one it was originally on. But I watched that and I was blown away by it. Mm-hmm. Like, but more so than most of the animated films I had seen in the years previous. This one short just blew me away. And if you haven't seen the 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 death short, you got it. You got to watch that. You know, when you hear wisdom, folks, you got two choices. Either listen or shut down. (laughs) (laughs) I recommend you listening. (laughs) And uh, as far as listening, Brad, thanks for pointing out. Yeah, I I could have folded those together a little bit better, but I'm I'm okay with just taking a moment and pointing out that one of the things in The Long Halloween is the fact that uh, fans of her work on other projects, including Glee, will get the chance to, for a final time, hear Naya Rivera's voice. Uh, as she appears in The Long Halloween. I was going to go ahead and just, Brad, give you a chance to follow up on the fact that you mentioned that, and then Josh right after you. Yeah, what, such a tragic story out of nowhere. I mean, Glee has had so much bad luck, and it was just such a such a terrible thing. Uh, drowning and, and with her son and, you know, saving her son and everything. It's just such a tragic story. So this is it's it's nice that she was she, she completed this so it can be a, a completed role so it's not something that they would either have to scrap and bring someone else in or have someone else finish it up that it's a her like her last her last role uh and you know catwoman is such an iconic character that it's 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 good that she got to go out playing a character like catwoman despite all the tragedy so uh you know just um yeah, I don't know. It's just such a terrible situation, but uh, at least she was able to finish it up. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, it's definitely a tragedy, but it does make me wonder uh, what will they do for part two? You mm-hmm. know, uh, will 
that character just not be in it to you know to kind of keep tribute to her so that they don't have to re- or will they recast i don't know um they, they haven't announced anything about that but it, it has made me wonder what their plans will be for that i'm glad that she was able to to do this uh yeah like you said an iconic role i'm glad that she was able to to do it and finish it so that at least this part was completed um before before she passed so um yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff up in the air for part two, but yeah, like I said, glad she was able to finish this one. What about you, Seth? Yeah, that's a great reminder. You know, I mean, <laughs> you want to be remembered, you know, for the work that you do, when it, whenever it is that you no longer able to provide that work, and you, it's amazing that she was able to have this voice work recorded already. It looks like before the tragic accident, and it's a pretty amazing thing that. Just a short time uh, before that, before her passing, that this was captured, that fans who want to will always have a chance to hear her voice for that final performance. I think it's uh, I think it's a rare gift. I don't know if we're all going to be that lucky, man. But if if we are like really feel feel blessed that that you were able to, you know, leave that mark before you go. I I think that's a it's an impressive an impressive thing to think about, but, and then it leaves behind the questions, Josh, you brought up, which I have to consider too. Like, how do you transition that in the story? Do you not have the character appear? Do you recast the character? Do you do something where it's like the character had an injury before the end of the first one? So that second one, of course, the voice has to be, I don't, I don't know. How do you pull that off? Um, it'll be interesting to see what the eventual decision is, but I, uh, I do feel like it's, it's a nice twinge to the sad story. You know, the fact that after all this time, there's still a chance to uh, sort of relive some of her best moments and an iconic character like Catwoman. Like, again, we should all be so lucky Um, when it comes to portraying iconic characters. No one has been more committed to their character, perhaps maybe for uh, someone who once wanted to be Superman, but that's a story for another day. In fact, there's a whole documentary about that. However, when it comes to portraying this iconic character, Dwayne Johnson has been nothing if not emphatic that his Black Adam is here to change everything. And his new teaser suggests that even with a really cool artistic rendering and some very talented voice work, uh, how far that might go just remains to be seen. Brad, what do you think about this story and the teaser that came with it? I I'm so curious about who puts this together. Was this like uh, uh, his, his people or was it Warner Brothers? Because I'm wondering if it's something that he had his team do to keep up the momentum because he wants this to play this character so bad. He wants to make this movie happen so bad. And given what happened to New Gods and things like that, you know, if he puts stuff out there and keeps the momentum going, is more of a shot of you know being seen through. And even though we're getting closer and closer to actual start of production, I just I'm just curious who, but you know, who put it together. But it was fun, and he does he 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 seems to have a total control of the character, so I can't wait to see him play it. Um, you know, uh, he really hasn't played villains much, if at all. Maybe you know, for Scorpion King, or you know, but other than that, he's been pretty much you know pretty much the good guy so it's fun to to see him play at least an anti-hero or a villain for at least part of it so yeah i just want to 
see this happen. And I can't wait till we can actually actually see footage instead of uh, animations and, and voiceover work. I can't wait to we actually get some some scenes to see. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I love this teaser, but I'm pretty sure it's the same teaser we got from Fandom, just with the date added to the end of it. It's a fantastic piece. Um, when they when they did the fandom uh, panel with him, they totally showed this this teaser, and I loved it then, and I loved it now. Um, I am more excited since I had already seen it. I was more excited about the fact that we got a solid set date, uh, July twenty ninth, twenty twenty. You know, we're talking less than a year and a half away. It's like a year and what three months or so away and this movie was announced so long ago that i never really wasn't i was never really sure if it would actually happen but now like we've got a set date it makes me feel like maybe this thing is actually gonna happen you know we've been getting casting for it um so i'm pretty excited uh i'm pretty sure Actually, I'm not 100. I think it comes before the Flash movie. So it makes me wonder because WB is talking about how this Flash movie is going to reset so that they can start their own thing. That's why they don't want to do this. They want to just get rid of the Snyder stuff and start their own thing. And that's what this Flashpoint thing is going to be. But you you have this Black Adam movie. And then if you Flashpoint it, is none of the stuff that you just did going to matter? You know what I mean? Because if this Black Adam movie is as good as I'm hoping it will be, I want it to continue. I want that character and what's gonna and what happens. And I would hope that it would continue. So I'm worried about where WB is going to go with everything. You know, they're bringing all this stuff in before this Flashpoint movie, and I, so I, I I don't know where it's all gonna where it's all gonna lead. But I I am excited for it nonetheless. Uh, Seth, what about you? Man, I'm I'm trying to remember the fandom one. All I remember is is the opening part of this trailer with the or this teaser with the uh, sort of animated shot looking down on Kondok. Uh, but I don't remember uh, a lot of the scenes that I saw in this teaser from fandom. Uh, I feel like I remember him sort of like standing among pillars and talking more uh, as Dwayne Johnson. And maybe I'm mixing up that up with like a teaser that was before fandom. I can't they, remember now. What they did is throughout the whole panel, they showed parts of it. And then oh, like okay. afterward online, it was all they they released it all pieced together. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, my tornado brain just did that all by itself. So uh, <laughs> apparently I just had it all swirled up in my head. Because when I was watching it, I was like, yeah, the opening part I definitely felt was familiar. Um, but the rest of it, I, I didn't remember from that. So thanks for reminding that, you know, that was something we uh, got a chance to no see problem. in fandom. And, I, and it's a good thing for people who either didn't watch it or forgot True. about it. It's Because it, it's a fantastic concept trailer you know what i mean i i I absolutely love the way it looks and if that's the the feel and vibe that we're gonna get from the movie i'm down right (laughs) Right. and brad i love what you brought up too you know just the uh the fact that for the most part um (laughs) he's played this is Dwayne johnson who has played uh heroic characters and I, I'm curious to see how he's going to play a character who's a little bit, you know, uh, morally, uh, ethically different 
from typical hero. In fact, he yeah. plans on being the guy who gets things done. He even says it in that trailer, that, that teaser. You know, I like I, that I he calls himself way. an anti-hero. To, right. Uh, like, like, <laughs> the Rock has referred to this character specifically as an anti-hero. I kind of dig that. Yeah, and it reminds me of some of you know those really significant moments that he's played recently in DC storylines. I mean. Who can forget the moment when he, you know, rises in the sky and grabs a villain and rips him in half? And you're like, <laughs> whoa, that doesn't happen. Like, not a lot. Like, not very. <laughs> you don't see somebody do that. And and what that, you know, sort of amplification or personification on the screen would look like. It, it could be pretty impressive. I mean, we could see a cool villain show up just to get wiped out by Black Adam. That, that, oh, that would that be awesome. Just, Right? Like, oh, it's so-and-so. Oh, oh, he died. Oh, in a bat- oh he's still dying. Oh, this is getting rough. Oh, he's mad. He's Like mad. what happens to the penguin in Harley Quinn. Yeah. I also love that it gives us a suggestion of like, you know, right? Like, what, what are we going to see that's a hint of his past? But also so much of it sounds like it's definitely going to be set mostly in the present. You know, he talks about being in prison and now he's out. And I, I just love that there were these great teasers to keep in mind. And then finally, Josh, as you pointed out, we got a set date, July 29th. Now, how it ties into Flashpoint, where, where that all fits in. Yeah, I can't recall dates that well. I didn't remember this teaser that well. So <laughs> I mean, to keep that. I, however, uh, you mentioned, you know, set in the pre- I don't think it's going to be set mostly in the present because they've talked a lot about the JSA in casting. And, and like, they've cast the entire like JSA in this movie. I'm pretty sure it's going to be set in the past, like not the crazy far past, but like, you know, in the 20s, 30s, 40s, somewhere in that in that range, probably. Like, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be a current you know, 21st century justice society. I really don't. Interesting. It might be, but I could be completely off base here. But and they yeah. could do something like uh, the first Captain America movie. Where yeah. it was all in the past, and then uh, at the end, boom, he's in modern times. So yeah, that would be that would be actually pretty cool. I think you're. I, if I was a bet man, I'd 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 say that I would bet that you're right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm I'm willing I'm willing to place that bet. I I don't know why. I think it was some of the other castings that made me think it was going to be a more modern portrayal of and perhaps uh, they'll they'll bounce around maybe it'll be like three acts you know him in the in the distant past him with the jsa him in the present who knows they could do something like that well that was the first thing that came to mind when you just mentioned it being set in the past i wondered okay well because the other thing that, that caught my attention is i really feel like they made a casting for an isis character that we had on one of the episodes yeah. And and that stuck with me because one of the things that I liked about that was it it was set from the fifty two storyline, much more modern day, uh, you know, approach. So I, I'm I'm curious where they end up marrying all of those different elements into one cohesive story. I mean, who knows? Maybe Dwayne Johnson's like, so uh, it's not Snyder cut, but it's still a three hour epic. Buckle yes. in. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it could be something like that where, yeah, you got an hour of one, an hour of another, and then an hour in the present that wraps it or who knows what. I, I, I do love the fact that something else Brad pointed out was whether or not this is, you know, just Dwayne Johnson going, I was given creative control over all marketing. I'm a guy who knows how to market. I created a character known as The Rock. I did pretty well, if you hadn't noticed. And I want licensing rights or at least marketing rights or some sort of uh, individuality from you guys when it comes to promoting this character. And if it's just him, like, you know what? 
nobody worry. New gods, trench, those things, that's all part of a different plan. This is what's happening with me. I'm going to keep it up there. So I love that that reminder too. Uh, thanks for bringing that up, guys. I, I, I like the stuff we uh, – I like the stuff we talk about moving into uh, a little bit more on the movie side uh, a designation now has been made for the batman movie featuring robert pattison and where it's going to take place and more specifically what earth what verse what part of the multiverse or omniverse how far are they going to go with that on screen brett what was your uh, take on this announcement and the decision made specifically regarding how this is or isn't connected to DC's universe. Mm. What else you got? Uh, you know, I'm wondering, you know, Josh, you brought up the idea of the Flashpoint movie and how it's going to change everything. Um, maybe that's kind of why they're designating this as Earth 2 for the Batman movie, because maybe yeah. in some way in Flashpoint, he'll visit that world and it can tie in this Batman 2 a broader DC uh, omniverse. Three Batman in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, and also, if it's not something that I, because I, I think one of the reasons why they do not want to commit to the idea of continuing the Snyderverse is what they have planned for Batman more than any character. Um, and this gives me more reason to think that because they're actually giving that Earth a name. But I think it may have something to do with the Flash. Uh, you know, I, I, but that's just that's just my early theory at this point. Uh, what was your take, Josh? I mean, I, I do like that they are separating it to Earth Two, um, because then with the Flashpoint thing, if they choose to, they can loop it in in some way. But it still bothers me that they try to like. You know, they say they want to do their own thing. They could finish the Snyderverse, and then it could be its. You know, it could just be in its own. You know, technically, the Snyderverse could be a different Earth, whereas the events that took place after the Joss Whedon Justice League could be Earth One or whatever that takes place in that would have the uh, the Flashpoint thing. You know, Snyderverse could be like Earth Three. You know, Thank something you, happened and it just diverges that way. I'm just saying they want to have multiple Earths. They could do it. Exactly. And that and that could be their HBO Max stuff. It does. You know, they've said that they want to do both HBO Max stuff and theater stuff. There you go. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. There's. Yeah. I, I Thank you, Josh, because I've been screaming that in my head since they made that stupid announcement that they're not going to yeah. continue it. Because why not? There's no you, there's no reason to say you're not going to do that at this point because you have with with the whole concept of the multiverse you can do anything you want so why box yourself into something that is so successful at this point that fans are really loving and responding to and want to see more of it just it just made no sense so i i, I was feeling you know, the same way yeah and like people who are like oh well you know it'll cost too much and you know a full season of a tv show doesn't cost a lot you know, like they're doing that Gotham City police show based on the Batman movie that hasn't even come out yet, but they can't do two more <laughs> Zack Snyder Justice League movies. Come on, guys. You can you could cut the, the, the budget back a little bit, but I, I'm just like. There's no actual reason other than 
uh, there's a contingent of people at WB who don't like Zack Snyder. Yes, That's all it is. That's yep, literally it, it sounded like jealousy to me. Like yep. they're jealous that people liked it so much when they didn't like the one that they had put out. Yep. Yeah. But uh, that, that those are my thoughts. What do I just say? <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is where talking with everyone on this show is so dangerous for me. Because while I'm sitting here listening, it's like little, you know, little firework explosions are going on with the neurons. And and Josh, you pointed out something at the Black Adam story that now I feel like connects so well to this Batman story, which is the idea. What if you do tell these stories and then have Flashpoint come in and switch it all up so that they can tell these versions and then afterwards have Flashpoint and then say, and everything changed. And you'll have to wait to the next movies to find out just how much. Or we'll give you like a 30-second teaser that shows life on these Earths we've already shown in other movies and drastically altered. But that that's it. And then, you know what I mean? Go from there. So yeah. it, it really stuck in my mind this idea of what what if they love the idea of creating these Earths, having Flashpoint come through, tear it all up. And then feeling like they have the creative licensing to come back in and go in any direction they want because Flashpoint's like uh, – it's like pulling the wild card in a game of cards. Like once you pull that wild card, everybody's like, ah, oh, oh, game's all different now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like you could really do that and it, it gives them the chance to not commit, which I swear – if WB was in a long-term relationship, they would have been dumped so many times for their issue with commitment. It just would have happened. Like, they would be on relationship shows like, yeah, I just can't seem to commit. I don't know what's wrong. It's ruining everything. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if they were going to be on a reality show, it would be about why can't WB commit, right? Like, yep. why is WB like every other portrayal, you know, of, you know, guys who can't commit? Like, what's the problem here? WP, what's the problem? I, and you pointed out some great stuff, guys. They, they probably don't love that, you know, they make XYZ amount of money and they've been proven wrong numerous times that after three years of telling people to shut up and go away about the Snyder Cut, it's embarrassing them how much publicity success it's having. I, it sounds like professional jealousy. It wouldn't surprise me. There's plenty of stories in the industry about that. But I, I, I love this possibility that they want to use Flashpoint to mix it all up and change it up for the next storytellers to come in and tell the versions of those stories. And then, Josh, your point about how much does it cost to run a show and why are you willing to make a commitment to something that's on this tier instead of adjust a budget somewhere else? Or yep. I don't know. I really wish I knew more about it. But but clearly, uh, if you're listening, guys, we're paying attention. We have questions. We don't really feel like you're answering them. We just wanted you to know. You know, just thought you should know. Uh, we've got a final uh, movie news story for you, and then we're going to step away for a little bit. But what I love about this one is we're going to end on a note of hope. I mean, that's the uh, the House of L symbol. That's what it stands for. And a story that people might have been wondering about with the announcement of other movies being canceled, I, th I think gives a glimmer of hope before we go into this ad break. And that's the announcement that there is confirmation of a Supergirl solo movie still in development brad are we you know are we wishing too hard are they just trying to keep our hopes up only to dash them later or is this this thing really going to take flight well we i'm trying to to manage my expectations and say i'll believe it when i see it but i'm glad that they didn't take it off the table um i 
I've really liked the character of Supergirl recently, uh, whether it's stuff that we saw in Future State and in the TV show. So I'm, I'm glad that we're getting more. And it is a bummer that the TV show is is going to be done soon. Um, so now it's nice that we have this film. We'll get more of the character between the Flash and this movie. So, yeah. Bottom line is, I, I hope that uh, I hope it keeps going. I hope that we actually get to see it. Uh, Josh, what was your take? Yeah, I mean, after they announced that they were putting Supergirl in the Flash movie, it, I feel like it was just a matter of time before they're like, yeah, we're gonna also do the, we're gonna keep going with this movie because they now have an actress for it. So it, it with everything shaking up they can then start a new film franchise with her. You know, it, it wouldn't be difficult. Um, in, in the same, because this information came from that uh, that THR article that talked about um, New Gods and the Trench getting uh, canceled. They also said that, you know, they got, they listed Blue Beetle, uh, Batgirl, Supergirl, Green Lantern Corps, and Static Shock, all that stuff that they have on, on Slate right now. And so it, the Supergirl one, like I said, with it be, with her being in the flesh makes sense. And I'm glad to hear that it's, you know, one of these things that hasn't gotten, it hasn't hit the chopping block yet. I'm honestly more excited for like a Blue Beetle and a Static Shock movie. But uh, I am excited for, for Supergirl, even though I still want more Henry Cavill, Man of Steel. Where's my Man of Steel 2, guys? Come on. You give Wonder Woman three movies. You give Aquaman two movies. Where's my second Henry Cavill Man of Steel? I'm just saying. Seth, what about you? Well, to to come right back on the tail of what you just said, I'm going to go back to professional jealousy thing. Uh, Henry Cavill is a savage. I mean, for starters, <laughs> there's his workout, which I honestly yes. did for like four months, and it was unbelievable. I started a new job that didn't let me have that much time, but that thing was so awesome. Like, I learned different stuff about push-ups and all sorts of fun stuff where I was like, this is so cool. Also, my wife won't let me eat that much food or spend that much money on the food it takes to get as big as he got. But just for a couple months, it was pretty awesome. And he took that work ethic, and since Superman, I mean – you know, Mission Impossible, I haven't been as big on the, you know, the whole series after like, I think, I don't know, like number 15. So now we're in like, what, 35. <laughs> so I've lost track somewhere. I'm like halfway behind. Oh, man, you're missing the good ones. Come I on, know. Man. There's a whole like 26 <laughs> I need to catch up on, uh, which is like every letter of the alphabet. 52 was the best. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> 52 is always the best, my friend. Always yep. the best. Yep. You know. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> When uh, when it comes to stuff like that, the thing that I look at is this is the same guy who then went on to do, I thought, a really awesome job in uh, The Man from Uncle. I, I thought he did a phenomenal job in the recent portrayal of uh, Sherlock Holmes and his younger sister. Oh, yeah. uh, I thought that was adorable. His his Witcher is being, uh, you know, it, clearly optioned for I don't know how many sequels. Yeah, he just finished filming the new season. Right? So, like, Warner Brothers can get their stuff together. <laughs> He's and, done filming. Come on, guys. Let's get that movie made. <laughs> right. Because you guys need to get in there. Because in the meantime, he's, like, not sitting on his heels like, well, whenever WB wants to do stuff, no. I'll do stuff. Like, he's clearly a busy guy. So I don't know if they're just hating him because he's not just, like, you know, begging all the time. Or, or if because, like... He's so busy that he's like, get your stuff together. And when you actually have a script, a director, and a start date, I'll commit. Because I, I feel like this is a guy who knows that, you know, 
you've got a shelf life when it comes to being a performer. And there's From only what I've so- heard, The Rock really wants him to cameo in the Black Adam movie. And if The Rock wants it, he'll probably get it. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think those are two forces where if they were both committed to it and they, they you know, I, I feel that they, they will make that happen. So, yeah, I love that idea. Uh, as far as this announcement, I, I, I'm going to go back to the hope part. Uh, I'm also going to keep in mind what you were just saying, Josh, about the other movies. I mean, I think a uh, static shock would be huge. I think a Blue Beetle story uh, that could capture not only Jaime, but also have Ted Cord and then also reference back to uh to the previous and the uh oh the scarab and and so much and then also connect to the reach i think there's a lot of huge potential but i also am just worried that it's not wb trying to act like they're uh part of a uh, awareness regarding castings for uh, persons of color and and you know what I mean? Trying to feed that a little bit and then letting the hype die out and these projects will fade when there's maybe not as much emphasis or interest. So that's yeah. the only thing that, that, that worries me a little. It's like, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they, they also the announced that Superman movie with uh, a black Superman. Right. But who knows if that'll actually happen, you know? Right. Yeah. So there's my me wonder if they're just trying to take take talk away from like a Man of Steel 2 and from the Snyderverse with these kinds of announcements just so that they can have their time to later on be like, ah, we decided not to do that after people have or, forgotten. Or either of them. Oh, yeah, sorry. No Man of Steel 2 and no this. You know what I mean? You're like, really? So the distraction isn't happening either? That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Love you guys. All right. So <laughs> plenty of you to, for you to think about. We've got TV streaming news, comic book news, even a little bit of that other category coming up right after this ad break. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien... Everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now you can get 35% off site wide by using the code DC News 35. That's D C N E W S three five. DC News 35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at insighteditions.com. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast.
Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Buck. A Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this, someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion podcast network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. (laughs) Off the the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything you want. Anything you want. 
Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bad? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bad. No, I didn't. Want God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's seasoned, whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. And with that, we're back from the ads. As promised, the movies have been covered, but we've got TV streaming news, comic book news, other news. And leading off our TV and streaming news is the announcement that one of those projects that uh, Mr. Verne is still going to be working on and that I'm excited to see hopefully come to fruition. Five new cast members have been added to the upcoming Naomi pilot. Brad, what do you think about this story leading off our TV streaming news? I'm just glad that this seems to be on a fast track. Like things are really moving fast with this, and that's great to see because I want to see I want to see this happen for sure. Um, I I think that Naomi was some of Bendis's best work recently, uh, so it's a story that I liked and a story I wanted to see more of, and I think it it's a perfect fit for the CW. So yeah, I. I'm just glad that we seem to be moving full speed ahead with this because I am definitely looking forward to this. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, they've been pumping out casting news for this over the last few months, and I'm really excited for it. Um, I, when they first announced this, I think they announced it was like this one and that Wonder Girl one that got shelved, which I was real bummed about because I was actually looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. But I I think this will be a great addition, whether whether it's in the Arrowverse, or if it's like Star Girl and it's on a different different Earth, uh, I, I don't care. Just because I, I just everything that Berlanti's been doing, I've enjoyed personally. I know some people have problems with it, and yes, you know, not every episode or season is you know uh, the A plus that it you know you hope it to be. But I have enjoyed everything that they have done, and I'm really excited to see, especially with Ava DuVernay uh, helming this thing. I'm excited to see where uh, where they take it, and uh, I'll be I'll be right there watching it when it launches. What about you, Seth? It, this is such a great story to have. I mean, the book was so pitch perfect. Um, I, I agree, Brad. I, I think this was some of Bendis's best work. Um, I I felt like he really channeled everything you wanted to experience from a, a young person who discovers something. And feels like there's secrets being kept, and then the discovery itself is so far beyond. I mean, we're still learning about Naomi, and that's one of the best things about it. I feel like the uh, the material is still so fresh, even in comics, that you can do a lot without feeling like there's some canon that you have to address. Um, I, I also think that, man, the, the timing couldn't be better. I'm curious to see where we're going to see it end up like... Uh, 
playing out and and what sort of tone it's going to take. Again, I, I think you brought up a good point, Josh, with the idea of, uh, you know, is it going to be something like Stargirl? It's going to be closer to what we see on traditional CW verse shows or Arrowverse or whatever you're. I will forever call it the Arrowverse. I don't care. I'm not calling it CWverse. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Until they can figure it out, I'm going to laugh about the fact that they can't figure it out. Um, And just every once in a while, give them a hard time about that. Arrowverse, CWverse, the Cverse, the Wverse. Like, I can go all day with this, guys. Like, figure it out Mm. already. So the rest of us (laughs) stop being annoyed with you. Um, But I I really feel like this is a series that, when it was written as a comic book, it seemed like it was so perfect. Like, in my head, it was like, when's this going to be a show? It's perfect. It just, it did everything you wanted it to do, and it did it so well. Um, With that, of course is the opportunity to talk about a show that continues to just do it so well. And we now have news about a Lucifer season 5B trailer and tease. What do you guys think about this tease, Brad? Going first to you. Uh, man, I I really like the idea of Dennis Hasbert playing God. I think that is a perfect bit of casting in the show. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, the show is just, it, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, and I think that, you know, he says that you're going to yourself when you see this trailer. <laughs> so I think that that is reason enough to be excited for when we finally do get to see the trailer because knowing Lucifer that, you know, he'll, that'll deliver on the good. So yeah, I mean, it's this, the season B should be uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Josh, what'd you think? Yeah, I, I'm excited for it. I haven't watched 5A yet, but I have loved all of the first four seasons of this show. And the way that, that they describe the, the way this trailer is going to be, I'm I'm there. I can't wait for it. Mm. And I, lo- I love that they're finally bringing God into the show. You know, five and a half, four and a half seasons. And, you know, there, that wasn't a thing. You get all these other biblical references and it just hadn't gotten there yet so uh, i'm glad that we're we're going to be going there especially because they only got one more season left um and yeah i i like you said brad uh the idea of uh uh oh, what was his name uh, dennis, De- dennis haysbert yeah uh playing god i think that's fantastic i actually love that idea so I'm really excited for it. Uh, hopefully, the trailer will come soon, seeing as the this part of the season comes out in like six weeks, I think. So, you know, if they're gonna drop a trailer, we gotta, you know, let's let's get it out here <laughs> soon, guys. Come on, uh, time is money, as they say. Uh, Seth, what about you? What do you think about this? I just want him at some point to say, "You're in good hands." And- yeah. <laughs> just have everybody melt <laughs> or pull a couple of lines when he was president Palmer from 24. Like how do you, not, and how do you not have him reference major league? I mean, that was the first time I remember seeing him, you know, <laughs> as this, as this great story. I just want him at one point now also to say, yeah. Uh, so he says he needs a live chicken. What? Yeah. He says he needs a live chicken for what? I, I don't know, man. He just said he needs a live. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll have flashbacks. Like I almost wanted him at some point to like, you know, have a Charlie Sheen appearance in hell where he's like, yeah, uh, when we knew each other, I could throw a fastball. Not very well. 
but now <laughs> I did some bad stuff and here I am. <laughs> it kind of sucks. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I could, I feel like with all the characters that he's played and all the universes he was part of, uh, not only that, but when you've got someone who is so good at being the serious man, you can have him play comedy to the hilt by being either the straight man or being the unassuming serious guy who's also like quick to drop in something like, doesn't that just bust you? You know what I mean? Where he's just totally like, you know, just busting your chops left and right. And, and he knows that, you know, <laughs> if the story, as it describes that things get chaotic, when he shows up, like if you know, everybody's afraid of you, at what point do you feel like it's no longer fun to say boo? Like every chance you get, you're going to look for that chance where somebody's like, so are we good? And you're like, yeah, are we? <laughs> you're like, but it's God. I don't know if he's screwing with me or not. And if he is, I don't know how you're supposed to respond when God's totally screwed. <laughs> like, I, I just love the perception. I love the portrayal. I think it's a great casting decision. And yeah, when's that trailer showing up? Because the season's coming soon. So like, you know. Hurry, hurry. As Josh said, time is money. We're not going to waste yours. We're going to dive right into our next story for our TV and streaming news. And that is the announcement that we have someone else who will be taking up the mantle of Guardian. Who could it be? Well, who could it be now? Indeed. Brad, what did you think about this announcement? And do you want to be the one to reveal the secret? Not really well, a secret. Well. New story. <laughs> Yeah, uh, was yeah. We were talking about God and everything. I had to kind of. <laughs> so they are confirming that Kelly Olsen will become Guardian in season six. Now, as much as I enjoy Supergirl, I have to admit that I am a little bit behind. So reading the story for me, it was like, you know, it made me realize I have a lot of stuff to look forward to and what I, you know, and, and as I have to play catch up. But um yeah, I mean, I, this could be this could be an interesting twist, but I think I would have more to say on this story if I was more caught up uh, with Supergirl. Uh, Josh, what was your take? Did you watch uh, leading up to to Crisis? Yes, okay, yes because she Jimmy gave her his shield before Crisis, and she even used it in Crisis. So it it makes sense that it, it's gonna go that route um so i i I mean i didn't know that that was you know how they were gonna play it but Mm -hmm. apparently uh in the article it said that that's ever since the creation of that character that's what they were planning to do with it anyways um which i thought was kind of fascinating um but it does make sense that you know it's gonna be her uh after you know he gave her the shield and everything when he left so i like it you know you're, you're utilizing characters giving them reason and we still get to have that get guardian character in the show so uh, i i like it so uh, what about you seth i think it's a really cool decision um i've i've loved uh, the character since she's shown up i love the relationship she's developed with alex and it would only make sense that uh not only having her brother take up the mantle but then having her partner uh take on now a, a superhero garb that she would be inspired at some point to protect the ones she loves. And if there's a moment where she can take up the shield again and use it or take up the mantle and feel like she's ready to step into uh, the role of the guardian, it, it seems like a natural progression. I think it would be a great step for the character. It's a, a fun way to set up how that's going to actually show up in season six, because that would be a great way to sort of build however that's going to occur. 
into this final season that we're going to get to get. I mean, again, disappointing that Supergirl's coming to a close, but love the fact that they're willing to keep making great moves like this, that who knows, she could show up in another show at some point, and this is where it all got started. So I like the announcement for that reason. Um, Brad, dude, catch up. Like, it, it's a good show. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, no, I struggled, no. I think, with the first four or five, and Red Tornado almost turned me off completely. I didn't love the way the whole... <laughs> They worked out with that. But for the most part, everything else, I've really just been a huge fan. And yeah. uh, I'm curious what Red Torn, because that was season one, wasn't it? Yeah. Pretty that was sure. like, so that was that when was it was on CBS. So it makes me wonder what it may have looked like had it been on CW the whole time. I know. I yeah. totally agree. You know, I definitely feel like there's a lot of stuff about that first season that would have been better if it had started on the CW. But yeah. Hey, man, they're going to do what they're going to do. And right now, no one pays me for that kind of advice. So until they do, <laughs> I'm just talking into the air, folks, just giving it away for free. Don't mind me. And with that, we wrap up our TV and streaming news, which gives us a great opportunity to slide right into comic book news. And leading off our comic book news list is the announcement that for those who have been dreaming, wishing, hoping, praying, they finally get the Batman versus Snake Eyes dream match. They've been whatever that previous thing for <laughs> will be occurring in a Fortnite comic book. Brad, what were your thoughts, my friend? I'm a huge G.I. Joe fan. So as much as sometimes these crossovers annoy me, this one I think is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm sure that there's a lot of kids out there that uh, play the Snake Eyes versus Batman with their action figures, so it's kind of fun to see this come to to some kind of life on the page. Uh, yeah, I think this will be this will be a lot of fun. Um, uh, I, I don't know if it makes me that much bigger of a Fortnite fan, but I do I do like the idea of Batman fighting Snake Eyes. Uh, Josh, what was your take? Yeah, I mean, as far as Fortnite goes, I could really care less. Uh, I, I should say I couldn't care less because I really couldn't care less um, about Fortnite, but like you said, Batman, G.I. Joe, I totally mixed those characters together when I was playing uh, as a kid all the time. Um, and the the preview images that they put in this article uh, for Batman and Snake Eyes fighting each other are just beautiful. And it really makes me want to want to read this. This like weird arm battle axe thing that Batman's rocking. I dig it. And I want to see where, where this goes. So uh, I don't think it's going to get me into Fortnite at all, but I'll be there reading the story nonetheless. Uh, what about you, Seth? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, weird arm battle axe thing. Suit me up. Like, I'm down. Like, let's rock. Yeah, I'm down to party. Absolutely. It's gorgeous images. And I, I love that the story suggests that there's a twisted version of a Groundhog's Day, which makes me think they're going to keep, like, fighting and killing each other back and forth until they realize they're both trapped in a Groundhog's Day and they have to work together to get out. That's just my yes. pitch. I'm done. Um, <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, these are really awesome images. And it, it seems like such a perfect decision, you know, because when you're dealing with a ninja versus a guy who's fought his fair share of ninjas and done pretty well in the process. Uh, so I, I, I think, you know, pairing them up, having them fight, I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah. As far as Fortnite, um, look, man, the only thing I know about it is that when it got popular enough, I saw guys on the soccer field doing the dances from the game and vice versa. I heard. So I don't, I don't know how to take much more beyond that, but um, 
I do love the matchup, however it's occurring. And if it ends up being a good issue, let me know. I'll pick it up. I'll throw it on the the pile. Because right now, I'm probably going to be more focused on this next story, which is the announcement that there's a really cool legacy collection that's being offered by DC in honor of uh, a really impressive and sorely missed creator. Goes by the name of Mr. Dwayne McDuffie. And it's a beautiful hardcover edition, and I definitely see myself picking this up. Brad, what do you think about this story, and uh, you know where you see it fitting on your shelf? I uh, yeah, I, it's definitely gonna be become part of my library uh, because I I wasn't collecting when a lot of these came out, so I I like the idea that they're all kind of collected in one one place, and uh, you know it is uh, a kind of a a lot of his runs on DC books. So I, I'm absolutely looking forward uh, forward to this for sure. Um, yeah, this will definitely be on my list. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, we've been getting a lot of stuff, uh, you know, about, you know, Dwayne McDuffie, whether it be, you know, this relaunch of uh, Milestone. Uh, they, there was a documentary uh, not too long ago. And when I watched I, at WonderCon, there was a panel about milestone and they were talking a lot about him and it was it was fantastic to hear uh, some of their stories but looking at what they're going to include in this in this legacy uh, edition I, I i love it i think it's it's such an eclectic uh compilation of, of things you got action comics you got the demon impulse uh, a jla showcase giant batman gotham knights sins of youth kid flash impulse and firestorm the nuclear man i mean a little bit of everything there. It's I'm definitely going to be picking this up. Uh, I think it comes out in December, so uh, it, it just sounds fantastic. And I think it's. I hope that they start doing stuff like this for great legendary creators. You know, from now on, I want to see more of these. I think it would be great. Uh, what about you, Seth? I love the idea of this collection, and I think you're right. It would be fun to see more uh, collections like this, where it's specifically the stories by a creator and pulled from such a wide range as we have here. You know, you read off the great list. I was intrigued a little bit that it mentions it leaves out uh, his run on uh, Justice League of America, as well as uh, six issues that he did for Batman Legends of the Dark Knight. It'd be nice to get your hands on those, however they appear in a collected form at some point. But um, what you get in this collection, plus that really cool uh, image, the uh, cover, I guess it says they took from uh, issue 847 of Action Comics with Superman on the front there. That's going to be the cover for this hardcover. It, pretty cool. You know, it's a it's a really cool reference. And I loved what you mentioned of all the things I caught for WonderCon. It was the milestone panel. Um, and just hearing the way they told the stories about those guys coming together, you know, um, <laughs> I mean, it, it was pretty awesome. And, and how much they were quick to point out, you know, it's bittersweet not having Dwayne McDuffie there. Uh, recently, I, I went ahead and started watching all of Justice League Unlimited again. And every time his name pops up in the credits, it's like, a, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so I love that there's this collection. I hope there are more in the future. Um I think it's a really, really awesome tribute, and uh, I hope his name continues to stay, you know, on the tongues of everyone as Milestone gets relaunched and projects like this get a chance for people to, if they missed it, um, add this to their collection, see what this guy was doing with uh, his stories. I, 
I know he's missed, but uh, I think this is going to be one of those reminders of just how much you're missing when you, uh, you lose a great one. So uh, I love the story, and I love that you can still have a piece of uh, what he offered, what he contributed. Leading into our uh, other news story and leading it off on a lighter note things for us, did you like Snyder Cut? Do you want to have some other piece of it in your life? Well, congratulations. Your requests have been answered. And Funko Pop is featuring a few familiar faces from that Snyder Cut. Brad, what did you think about these and more? Uh, you know, uh, even though I don't collect pops, it's something that I love to see. See, you know, what characters get made and things like that. One of my favorite things to do at Toy Fair every year is to visit the Funko booth because they always have the previews of, you know, the characters that they're bringing out and these are just super fun and expected i i i expected them to have some some snyder cut pops um i i really dig the black suit superman yeah and uh, i think that's my i just really like the color scheme and the design and uh you can't go wrong with the dark side pop now i don't know if they've ever made a dark side pop before but if not this is uh, it's about time. So yeah, I I, yeah. I dig these. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, that black suit Superman is fantastic. Um, I love the dark side on the throne. Mm-hmm. It's just it's really cool looking. I mean, the other one's cool too. But yeah, I, I really I, I do collect. I have a bunch of pop figures. I have a, I'm staring at a bunch right now, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, I will definitely be adding a few of these to my collection. Uh, so I, I might even pre-order uh, the that Black Suit <laughs> Superman one there. Ten ninety nine can't go wrong. Uh, what about you, Seth? Hard to say no to, man. I mean, and if there's one that actually caught me the most, the Desaad one. I don't know what yeah. it is, but I can't stop looking at that creepy little face. Yeah, man, he um, does have a creepy face. <laughs> right, and there's something just very uh, distinguished about the stylized robes and yeah. what appears to be like sewn bone fragments that's like, what i was I'm like i was like they look like bones yeah like, they do right that. it's like the neck part's like a shark's mouth and then the rest of it's like somebody's vertebra that's been like zippered yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> i wouldn't like, be rap. surprised if that's what right. he rocked too yeah totally seems like that's what he went for he's like cut it this way and then design it the way i wish or i skin you next yeah. yep. um <laughs> use you for my next hood Right. And then there's I don't know what it is, but there's something about the Diana doll that makes me feel like it looks like she's got short hair. Yeah, it does. Looks it looks weird. really good. OK, so it's weird for me and that's different, but it also looks yeah. really good. Like I'm like, I kind of want to see a Wonder Woman with short hair who's like, yeah, like, yeah got yeah. in the way when I started to get really badass. Like, I really <laughs> feel like I wanted to be that thing. Um, so, yeah, she man. She just takes her sword and just, like, cuts it right off. Seriously. Like, at that <laughs> yes. moment, we suddenly get Kingdom Come Wonder Woman, who's like, uh-uh, tired of it, tired of the BS. I came to get down. Like, I, I came to, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I love the fact that this is just one of our uh, news stories, because as we move into our next one, we have the announcement that Hot Toys is offering up a series of Dark Knight Trilogy collectibles. Uh, there's some pretty good-looking stuff on here. Gentlemen, what caught your eye? Brad, how about you first, my friend? Oh, man, the detailing on these is just incredible. Yeah. That really, really looks like Christian Bale, I got to yeah. say. I mean, like, 
it's like in the right light that could almost look like a photograph it's that um it's that detailed and who's and, and that batmobile is the same way i mean that batmobile is uh, amazing like i oh man those certain things make me want to start collecting toys and that batmobile kind of does so we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah josh what do you think yeah hot toys are something that uh i as a very avid uh, collector of things uh, a strive to one day own because they are very expensive mm-hmm. but the detailing is, the quality is is your is what you're paying for and the like you said it looks like a photograph their faces are astounding what they do with it i i don't understand how they do it um and that batmobile which is like six hundred dollars if I had that kind of money, I'd be that thing would be right on my shelf right now because it is awesome. I, I loved it quite a bit. Uh, Seth, what about you? Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous stuff. Uh, Madame Tussauds would probably be just a little bit jealous, right? Maybe is I can't say for sure, but yeah, they, I mean, when you look at that sort of like the forehead crease, the uh, the furrowing of the brows of Christian Bale. And the fact that you can, you know, choose different expressions, different portrayals, different uh, setups for the suit. And then that Batmobile is just, (laughs) it looks so mean. Like if you put it on your shelf, you'd be like, I need to get a meaner wall now because this thing is just so tough, (laughs) right? Like I need to get like a predator head and some other stuff up there just to like balance it out. (laughs) Um, It's pretty cool, man. I mean, it's a really nice collection. And yeah, if, if, if I had the coin, if I could somehow like take the money from an investment or a retirement account and be like, yeah, it's cool. Or I don't need to pay half a rent this month. I'm I'm good. Like yeah, no problem. I'd probably scoop up all of these. But uh yeah, then there's those times I want to eat. And uh sometimes cheeseburgers win. Actually a lot <laughs> of the times cheeseburgers win, I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you. I love cheeseburgers like nobody's business. You've heard me rant on here before. Don't get me started. Now, we're almost through all the stories, but we have a little bit more to bring your way. And our next one has to do with a a very interesting DC round robin, one in which you, that's right, you, dear listener, have an opportunity to participate, enjoy, and perhaps make the final decision about the destiny of one or more comic books potentially coming your way. We're going to break this down because I know I offered a lot of mystery in there. Here to help clog it, unclog it for us. Brad, starting it off. What do you think about this announcement and the details we can try to explain to people? My big frustration with this is that I want to read all of these. Like, right? I, I feel like right. no matter what, <laughs> you know, I, I want to see these all. <laughs> Maybe they can do it like a digital first or something, you know? I don't know, but I want to see all of these. They all look really cool. And yeah. anything that brings back Ambush Bug, oh, I'm so there. <laughs> yeah. so that really grabbed my eye. Like, I, oh, man. Yeah, like all of this, like... Ah, uh, the Zatanna and the King of Nightmares, uh, Lobo and Animal Man teaming up. I like that idea, and I'm not even a big yeah. Lobo fan, and I think that's a great idea. Uh, I love the idea of Justice League Queer, even though I don't like the name. It's kind of, it's kind of a, yeah, yeah, it's not a great title, but the actual concept of the book is, I love it. And I kind of hope it still gets made, no matter what. Yeah, and and who would who doesn't want to see a uh, Jimmy Olsen teaming up with the Super Pets? <laughs> yes. So yeah, Always. I mean, 
but yeah, and and like we're saying, the Justice League queer, I, I, th- that concept seems really, really cool too because it it, it says that they're going to discover something that much more terrifying is coming than what they're even going to fight in this Justice League queer book. So that could have something that could have like deeper ramifications across, you know, the DC omniverse. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't even know who I would vote for in all these. I just want I want to see them all. Uh, what was your take? Josh. Yeah, uh, when, when I saw this, I was like, oh, I got to go and start voting on these. And then I I went over to the Twitter page. And I was like, oh, they're they're pairing up some of the hardest freaking things. Like, how am I supposed to choose between some of these? Uh, but I did nonetheless. And some of my favorites, like I love uh, the Green Lanterns Underworld uh, on fire, mainly because Kyle Rayner, that's my guy. Like I, that, he's my favorite. And so I would love to see a book centered around him. Him and Kilowog, it's fantastic, yeah. and they're just kind of going out and on cases. It just sounds kind of awesome to me. Um, and yeah, like you you mentioned so many good ones. Uh, the Brave and the Bug Crisis on Infinite Ambush. That just <laughs> the title alone yeah. Yeah. sounds awesome. <laughs> like, come on, how can you not turn that into a book? So like I, because like it says you know okay one of these will become a book. Don't let the other fifteen just fade away into nothing. Like these are some good, some fantastic ideas. They they better not waste these these uh these book ideas uh, just because of this. They wanna they wanna market around March Madness essentially, you know, with with a bracket. So I, I really hope that they actually go through and make more of these. Uh, Seth, what about you? Do you have any favorites? Yeah, man. Uh, it's hard. So <laughs> you know, you pointed out the voting already started for round one. Then there's round two voting. Uh, so round one goes till April 7th. Round two is April 8th to April 15th. Round three, May 5th to May 13th. Round four, May 20th through May 27th. And round one is totally messed up. It's Green Lantern's World Underworld on Fire versus Etta Candy, Holiday Hero. Seriously, who doesn't want to have a story with Etta Candy getting superpowers? And you got to choose between that and Kyle Rayner and Kilowog on it. Come on, man. Bracket 2's got Brave in the Bug, a Crisis on Infinite Ambush. I definitely want, but I don't want it to be at the, you know, cost of losing Zatan in the King of Nightmares. Yeah, this was bracket. one of the hardest <laughs> brackets right. for me. Yeah. We I need more like, Zatan oh, come stories. on. I want both yeah. of these. Yeah. Exactly. Bracket 3 had Lobo Animal Man, Scorched Earth, and then Son of the Creeper. How do you not want a Creeper story that has to deal with this kid who is totally messed up by having a dad who was the Creeper? Like, like, ugh, come on, man. It's like Starman. Like, ah, oh, dude, like, how do you not? All right. And then uh, for bracket, what, four, we had Justice League queer versus Robins. Really, a bunch of the Robins sitting around talking and being all awkward about stuff? Like, wait till they bring up Jason Todd. Don't you want to be there for, like, ten panels of awkward exchanges silently? I mean... Uh, and then, uh, yeah, bracket five, pause of the Justice League with Jimmy Olsen clearly being outsmarted by pets. And uh, but you have to choose that over Jesse Quick if you want it. And I want a Jesse Quick story. Like, yeah. why haven't they made an effort to bring her around more? And then bracket six, Blue Beetle graduation day or uh, Night Runner love in Paris. I don't really know. Like, who is Night Runner? That's one that I'm not familiar with. Not, Do you know, Night Runner. No, no, I no. Maybe it's a new character. Hmm, okay. Yeah, I don't know. And then bracket seven, what Swamp Thing, A House of Secrets, or Suicide Squad Seven? Like, 
I pretty much feel like I'm going to go Swamp Thing, but still, why, do, why yeah. don't I want the I other? think I, I picked Swamp Thing, but I would totally read them both. <laughs> Racket 8 was Asteria. I mean, like, or Asteria. Like, how do you not want to have a Linda Carter potential portrayal like Wonder Woman 77? You know what I mean? But it's that against Superman and Lois Ignition, which sounds – I mean, yeah, man, it's tough. Uh, definitely the Ambush Bug one I want. Uh, definitely I know I want the Son of Creeper one. Like, that just – screams at me in, in the best of ways uh i i definitely know that i want the blue beetle one uh i i want to see them do something really cool with the name justice league queer like if you're gonna make a, yeah. a title that feels so awkwardly pointed it's gotta have some sort of like self irony to it or, or something it's gotta be bwahaha or so, you know what i mean like it's gotta be yeah. willing to embrace some of that idea of like seriously they named us justice league queer like, yeah i mean on the on the Twitter page where they're doing the voting, they just labeled it as JLQ, and there was some guy uh, on there who was like, "Oh, I voted for the other one because I thought you were talking about the other Q." And I was oh, like, "Yeah, I mean, I get <laughs> yeah. it. In this day and age, the letter Q takes on a lot of meanings right now." <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, man, I think it's a tough call, but I think if you want to have fun and you enjoy torturing yourself through you know, unfair voting practices. Well, then this is definitely up your alley. Like, go for it. You're, you're, you're going to enjoy the torture. You'll enjoy the experience. And you know what? We're here. So tell us what you picked. We'd love to hear all about it. Um, with that, we have one final story, and that is the announcement that there will be a San Diego Comic-Con schedules uh, and some events occurring on Thanksgiving. I feel like that's the wrong month. And I also feel like there's a little bit more confusion that others are going to be feeling about this story. Maybe we can help clarify it in some ways. Brad, what was your takeaways and do you understand what's happening? Or to quote one of my favorite shows, am I having a stroke? Like, <laughs> is, is something well, happening in my brain? <laughs> it seems like I, I'm wondering if they wanted to plan it that weekend, the weekend of Thanksgiving, because they thought it might help keep numbers down. Of people that can actually make it there, it seems crazy. But I maybe, mean, but yeah, yeah, I don't know because it seems it is a very odd weekend. But uh, I'm glad to see you know uh, events come back. I mean, I can't wait to go to a con again, and I'm still, I still doubt that we're gonna get the uh, New York con. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully, yeah. they can figure out something. But it's nice to know that this one, I think that they, they could, they can pull it off. Uh, the way things are going now uh it's just uh, it's just a strange time not only that but the people that work for the companies are going to want to be with their family they're not going to want to have to go to do a con during thanksgiving so you know all the vendors and you know so i it's it's, it's a strange choice but at the end of the day i'm just glad that it will hopefully be able to happen uh it seems like you know the the expectations are more realistic, you know, to have a toned down smaller event. So, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Josh, what was your takeaway? Yeah, I don't, I don't think this is a good move for them. Um, this date specifically, cause I mean, I, I saw something, uh, earlier saying, uh, that there were, there were some like talent agencies or whatever uh, that represents uh, representatives of, of a lot of the people that would go to these kinds of like, a lot of the stars and whatnot uh, who are like, we're not sending our people there during the first Thanksgiving that they can spend with their families. 
you know, and I'm just like, yeah, you know, people are finally getting vaccinated. This will be like the first Thanksgiving where people can actually go and like spend a holiday with their families and you want them to go and sit in a con hall for 12 hours. Just like, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I have a feeling they might change it. If not, I don't think it's going to be very successful. I, I don't I think it's going to look like one of those low, like, <laughs> like one of those uh, just kind of random low grade cons that you find in every other city in, in the United States where it's like B, you know, C list stars showing up for these things. I feel like it's going to be like that if they don't, even if they had moved it two weeks, you know, either back or forward. You know what I mean? Because then it's not on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like the people would have less of a problem like showing up to work these this event. But being on this holiday during this year, I just I think it was a bad move. Uh, yeah. Seth, what about you? I I feel like this is a sitcom or original <laughs> comedy like plot. You know what I mean? Like, this is a story about a C-lister who shows up at an event where nobody else wants to go to and they become a star because they do something either cool or, like, horribly embarrassing. And you know what I mean? Like, that's this is your moment to shine or fail. But I, I am confused, you know, by the decision. Although I do feel like clearly they, they're they doing it. I mean, as it says in the story, hopefully this event will shore up our financial reserves and, you know, mark a slow return. And they're trying to make up for a loss of revenue from last year because the online was free, no registration, all that, you know, the, the money that they could have generated. But it, it's like if you really wanted to do something that was going to shore you up financially, when you wanted to do it on a date when you didn't have competition with, say, a national holiday that's been around for, well, a lot longer than you. And it's based on the whole idea of families coming together. I thought you guys both pointed out something great. You know, there's also the fact that if you've gotten your vaccination or if you will be before Thanksgiving and this is your first chance to hang out with family, not only are you probably going to want it, but there's also the family that's going to be mildly miffed at you for choosing to go to a convention instead of see them. Now, I just did one of those California things, which is where you end a sentence with an inflection, like you're asking a question, um, because that's going to be the reaction from a lot of people's family. If they're like, you're going to a convention instead of Thanksgiving, what are you thinking and why are you doing this? And why do you hate your mother who raised you and brought you into this world? You know what I mean? Like, go ahead and channel your mother or somebody else's parent who's going to do that. And you're just like, wow. Yeah, the guilt trips will just be lifelong. I I don't know why this is the right move. Uh, I don't know why they've fallen on this date. I also think it's weird that they're going for a three-day one, but at the same site where the original one is. You know what I mean? Like, everything about it just makes you go, ah, why? Like, what went wrong that this happened? What was the good thing that this turned into? I, I, I'm i left with a lot of questions. I also feel like, you know, Josh, you brought up a great point, which was the backlash that I saw and, and read about uh, regarding social media, just from those who would have normally attended, feeling like, you know, not only is it disrespectful to suggest that they would want to attend something that could put them at risk, but also take them away from a chance to see family after, you know, missing it all last year. And and just the idea of like, Hey guys, like take a breath. I guarantee all those folks that want to be a comic con next year will be. So why can't you wait? 
what's i mean if you guys are hurting that bad come out and let us know and let us know how we can financially support you in a way other than this and i'm pretty sure people will respond more positively than they are to this story so yeah yeah that's my last take on it you know this idea of just like there has to be some reason that this is happening the way it's happening because it feels so forced and unnatural and so artificial and really for a lot of people that are, are looking forward to this chance to reconnect with family they couldn't connect with last year it's well as i once heard it described it's like somebody farting and then walking out of the room because that's all you're left remembering is the fart (laughs) you know what i mean you're like dude i had a good impression of you until you did that move and walked out of the room and now that's all that's left to think about so i hopefully they will find a way to not end up as the fart left in the room and (laughs) we can think of comic-con for all the reasons we love to think about it so with that, that's our final story. Uh, any other or anything you guys want to follow up on on any of the stories we covered as we bring this episode number 112 to a close? Brad? John? Uh, nope. Nope. Uh, I think uh, my last little bit would, uh, on this Comic-Con thing is, uh, you know, they they talked about you know trying to do it around Thanksgiving to – maybe possibly get less people or whatever to you know, all that. But I feel like no matter when they do it, it's going to sell out. doesn't matter what the capacity is. doesn't matter what day it is. It's going to sell out. So uh, it was just a bad move overall. That's, that's just the last thing I want to say about it. And I'm curious <laughs> if, I mean, I, I think that they're early enough along that if they had to, they could change the date. And yeah. I can't imagine that it's they're getting a good social media reaction from no, it not at this at all. point. So I wouldn't be surprised if they come back and say, well, no, we're going to do it. You know, like you were saying, a week ahead or a week behind it would be yeah. perfect. So we'll see. Yep. I think the biggest problem with this story for me is that it just makes this past year's fandom look better and more yeah. like the hoping yeah. for. You know what I mean? Like it used to be it was San Diego Comic-Con. Well, right now. It feels like what I care about is what's going to happen at Fandom and checking that out. Because yeah, yeah, that was magic, man. That was pure, unadulterated magic. And yeah. I mean, last last year's San Diego Comic Con, the, the virtual wasn't very good, really. Uh, I didn't think it was all that good. And I'll be totally honest, this year's WonderCon was not like there was almost nothing there worth watching. There was maybe six panels worth watching, in my opinion, personally. There was so much weird uh, gaming stuff that they Uh, were doing i'm just like okay i I don't yeah i don't know (laughs) yeah man i mean that like i said the only thing that i tuned in for was when you shared on our uh our group channel you know the link for the milestone one i was like oh i'm watching that i'm gonna watch that right now and it was it was exactly what i wanted you know it was an homage they had uh I can't think of the actor's name um, who portrayed uh, Static Shock and did the voice. Phil Lamar. Thank you. Um, And thank you for doing that, because earlier I was going to say that when I saw the Green Lantern conceptual art, I thought of LeVar Burton before I realized that they were connecting it closer to another actor. So I I was really going to be in a bad place if I was going to train, say, LeVar Burton and then (laughs) Mr. Lamar. Like, it it was all going to go bad. Uh, But yeah, that was the only thing that caught my eye. The rest of it, I I wasn't as interested. And, you know, again, it just comes back to me thinking, dude, do you remember how good fandom was? That's That's what's funny. Yeah, because I was kind of thinking the same thing. Talking about this 
didn't get me excited for this con. It got me excited for fandom. I was thinking yeah. the same thing. It's like, oh, when right. gonna, uh, yeah, when's fandom <laughs> going to be? Because now, you know, it doesn't look I hope like they we're going to be getting fandom every year. Because yeah. that, would... that event was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it would be crazy for them not to because, yeah, hands down. I mean, that was so They got to make fun. it a weekend long thing, though, this time so that they don't have to split it into two. Right. Right. Yeah. And man, your uh, your your streaming that you were doing where we could just pop on and hang out with you and watch that stuff. That was inspired. I had the most fun. Like it was <laughs> like me getting home at like 10 or 11 o'clock being like, yeah, I'm hopping on. <laughs> <laughs> This is awesome. Uh, so I'm looking forward to so much more of that. And and that's a bummer when somebody's announcement makes me think about somebody else's announcement more. It's like, you know what I mean? You never want to meet someone and be like, wow, that's great. But you make me think of somebody else instead. Like, it's just not good. It's just not good. <laughs> uh, with that, we have brought to a close all of the topics, the stories, the comments and conversations about episode number two. 112 and all of the great content that was included this week I want to give a big thanks to uh, brad felicki mr josh rayner for hanging out with me and give them an opportunity to let you know how you can find them if you'd love to follow up on any of the things we talked about or if you just think they're really cool people like i do and you want to be friends because we like friends it's just one of those things we like brad where is the best place for folks to reach out and say hi uh, you can find me writing news reviews, DC Comics News. You can find me also on the Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast, part of the DC Comics News podcast network. And you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. And Josh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me, as always, on DC Comics News. I'm doing uh, editing and, and writing stuff all the time over there. Uh, and uh, at J.P. Rayner on Twitter, that's J-P-R-A-Y-N-O-R, as well as at Movie Blog Merc. That is uh, my movie uh, review website over there, so uh, be sure to check that out. And what about you, Seth? Where can the great people find you? <laughs> Well, the great people can find me at the following places. Those not great people, you can come find me too. <laughs> I, I, even if you feel like you're not even a really decent person, I, I'm probably still willing to be friends. You're out. That. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nah, man, I, I wear the house of L, man. Steve mentions it all the time. It's my favorite thing is to be hopeful. So you know what? Come come find me. You're going to find me here, DC Comics News, writing reviews on the website. You can find me hanging out with all of our amazing co-hosts. I, I one day want all of us to be on a cast, like everybody, Josh, you know, everybody. Like it would be a pretty awesome time. And that when I'm not one here, wild show. Yeah, it would. And it would definitely have to be uncensored. It would just have to. We'd have too much excitement. It would have yes. to. Uh, <laughs> you can find me hosting the Spinner Rack. You can find me hanging out with the gang uh, over on Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast. Our episode by episode breakdown of that very raunchy and irreverent show. I'd also encourage you, um, and that's really it. Like, don't don't look for me anywhere else. And if you want to, I didn't tell you where to find me. And if you find me, well, aren't you a sneaky little sleuth? Uh, <laughs> let's just leave that mystery there. So for the rest of it, when it comes to what you could be catching, I mean, in addition to Mad Love, we've got great anim or great content about animated shows like I Am the Night. Uh, episode by episode breakdown of the legendary iconic batman the animated series and we've got shows on the horizon things like flicky fashions like tropesville and if you enjoy your content with a little bit of video we even have dcn after dark hosted by our very own kelly Gaines and oh tony whose last name i believe is hester but i'm not 100 percent on that um but 
great folks talking about something a bit more on the mature themed side of DC. And you can make sure that you, one, let us know all the things you're thinking by going to any of your favorite platforms from YouTube to Facebook to Twitter to Insta. Use the at symbol in DC Comics News, capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S, DC Comics News. Use that at symbol. It's kind of like the bat signal. It lets us know you're out there and what you have to say. That's how we come find you. Have a great conversation. Know what you're thinking. Know what you like, what we can do better, and so much more. And you can make sure that you never miss an episode by subscribing, whether it's on the YouTube channel, whether it's on your favorite podcast platform. When you do, you'll get all of our newest, freshest, best. And you can go through the entire catalog of everything we've done up to this point. It's all there for you to enjoy. Sign up, subscribe, rate, review. Never miss what's new. And that brings us to a close of DC Comics News podcast, episode number 112. We only have one thing we like to say, and that at the end is to always read more comics. That's it, folks. Have a good night.